You're listening to Nova Southeastern University's Radio X 88.5 FM WKPX Sunrise, whose business phone number is 754-322-1721. Welcome to Radio X's Information Exchange, a show that offers diverse programming and features the views and opinions of both students and experts. On Information Exchange, we cover it all, from local bands to hot political topics, from community events to pressing social issues. We would like to remind our audience that the views expressed on the Information Exchange do not necessarily reflect the views of Radio X, Nova Southeastern University, or the School Board of Broward County. Hello and welcome to today's program on the Information Exchange. I am your host, Camille. Everyone has been familiar or knows quite a bit about the Tuskegee Airmen. The Tuskegee Airmen were dedicated, determined young men who enlisted to become America's first black military airmen. At a time when there were many people who thought that black men lacked intelligence, skill, courage, and patriotism. One in particular was Captain Charles Hill, an original Tuskegee Airman. Well, he is here today to talk about his life as a Tuskegee Airman, what he is working on, and his discussion that will be taking place on Nova Southeastern University's campus at the Terry Building in the Steel Auditorium on February 8th at noon and what we as listeners should expect. Welcome, Dr. Hill. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> now, Dr. Hill, you're an original Tuskegee Airman. Can you tell our listeners a little about who the Tuskegee Airmen were? Well, yes. Uh, I am part of an experiment, an experiment that failed. But uh, when the war broke out, the government asked everybody to volunteer to help resolve this world problem. And uh, many of us wanted to fly. And so we applied, and they said, no, 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 right down the line. Mm -hmm. And this continued, but uh, the black ministers, the black press, and our parents and community, as well as many, many white liberals, said, this is wrong to let us fly. But it wasn't until 1942 when uh, three heads got together and came up with a solution. And those three heads was Eleanor Roosevelt, mm-hmm. uh, then Senator Harry S. Truman and Justice Hasty. Mm-hmm. And uh, they said, well, look, Congress will not allow us to fly. The military don't want you to, them to fly. So why don't we just resolve the problem. Well, let's allocate money to create an experiment to prove that they can't fly. Okay. And that is how Tuskegee experiment became. Congress then allocated money to set up this experiment in Tuskegee to prove that we could not fly. So can you give And me- since we did it was an experiment that failed. Right. Because you did fly. That's right. So and we had a very good record. 
one uh, we had the best flying record uh, ever in the whole World War II. We never lost a plane to enemy aircraft, and we're the only group. I'm sorry, I wasn't one of them, but we were the only group. Uh, uh, some two members of our group. Mm-hmm sunk an enemy destroyer with just machine gun fire. No torpedoes. And uh, it took 33 years for the government to admit that we did cause the ship to sink. Right. So can you give us a little insight on what it was like being a part of the Tuskegee Airmen? Oh, you're going, you get now you get ready to for me to tell my speech. <laughs> <laughs> Just a brief. Um, it was very, very difficult. I'm a northern. I was not actually aware of uh, segregation. I mm-hmm. heard about it, read about it, and heard uh, my dad was very active in the city of Detroit. I'm a Detroiter from Detroit, Michigan. Okay. And he was active in uh, what he called equality. And uh, in all your major cities, uh, there was what is socially called uh, planned communities. Uh, I didn't recognize that it was segregation, but this is where all the blacks were first. We were in this part of Detroit, which was the, who at one time became the ghetto. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was the last part of the city to be upgraded. Because when I was a kid, um, where I lived, we had dirt streets. And we had uh, ditches, uh, what they call swales down here. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, we were the last to get electricity in our house. When I was young, very young, we had gas lights. Wow. And uh, it was that kind of thing. Then, but the other parts of the city had paved streets, sidewalks, and so forth and so on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was a way of living. And I did. Well, at three, four, five, six, seven years old, you don't recognize it. And nobody argues about it. You just live. Right. So then when we moved to the west side, well, we had streets, there were paved sidewalks, and so forth and so on. And when I went to school, elementary school, we were predominantly the uh, The majority population, Mm -hmm. but nobody really, it never really hit us that we could or could not, because everywhere I wanted to go, I went. We had uh, theater, but it was in walking distance, and didn't realize that uh, it was put there to to placate the black community. But uh, and the larger community uh, theaters downtown, they didn't say that we had to sit up in the upper in the balcony. Mm-hmm. Uh, they sort of, they had ushers, and they sort of steer you over here or over there. But as a young man, a kid, we weren't really aware of it. 
Now we did know that in certain hotel that the hotels didn't want us. Right. But uh, and in fact, the only way you could go to a hotel is to deliver something, or you had to work there. Hmm. But during my day, I wasn't that aware of it because uh, we didn't use hotels. Uh, in fact, entertainers would uh, the advanced men and entertainers would come into Detroit and meet with the Minister's Alliance to find places uh, for their entertainers, like a band would have to have 20 or 30 rooms, and it might be scattered all over the city because they could uh, stay at a hotel. Mm -hmm. And we didn't have a black hotel sometimes, so they stayed in, in their homes that the advanced uh, agents obtained for them. And then they would do their entertaining dope to the whites, to the large theater, or to a dance hall. As airmen, you fought two wars, one against the military forces overseas and the other against racism at home and abroad. Oh, yes, that's right. Well, I really recognized it when I got into the service because in the railroads, we had, we had to ride in the day coaches. Mm-hmm. And those coaches did not have air conditioning. And so if you kept the windows down, it was oppressively hot. And if you raise the window, you get the smoke from the uh, locomotive coming in. And so you'd get uh, 